Hey everybody, welcome to the Running 44 at 60 podcast. This is Trevor Lee and this is episode number 106 and it's our last one of 2022. It's going out on Sunday, where are we? December the 11th. Now today, I should have been doing my 18th race of the season because today's podcast is all about my favourite top 10 runs, including park runs of 2022. But the weather took, the weather won, the weather won. I live on a hill in Truro and it was treacherous absolutely treacherous this hill this morning and it will be tomorrow morning as well and probably the morning after so it was just it was just impossible i couldn't i couldn't really get into my car let alone anything else so i really apologize for not being there if you're listening to this and and it, the photographs look fantastic it was it was called st Piran's revenge it was 10k and it was on perranporth beach and around there and i think it would have probably made the top 10 list but It'll have to wait for next year now, won't it? So there we go. So before I get into my top 10, just a little roundup of the year and a few shout-outs, really. So um, at the last run I did, which was Ford San Miguel, which was a week or so ago, I met Katie, who's a listener So I'm from JP Fitness in Port 11. So Katie, thank you very much for being a listener. Good luck. And Katie, at the time I saw her, which was a week, beginning of December, she was trying to complete a 2022 challenge by running the total distance from Land's End to John O'Groats. And at that point... She had 86 miles to go. So, Katie, I hope you're out there. I hope you're going to make it, even despite the icy roads that you're going to get to that target. So let me know when you've achieved it. That was great. I'd also met Jansen there. Jansen came on the podcast uh, as one of the little guests at the uh, Cornwall Running Show compilation we did earlier in the year. And Jansen's doing the Arc 100 in January, at the end of January. So good luck, Jansen, with that. And uh, <laughs> the reason he's doing it is because he crewed for his friend on the Arc 100 uh, this year. This year that's just gone. Well, this year, earlier this year. And as a thank you, his friend bought him a place in next in next year's event. How about that? <laughs> what a great thing to do. Thanks, mate. I'm going to buy you a 100-mile race in the dark in January on the Cornish Coastal Path. Wow. Thank you very much indeed. And a big shout-out to everybody who you know has joined the listening band this year. You know, so thank you very much for doing that, you know, because it, it may, you know, makes such a difference when I know I've got listeners out there. And if you leave a review or a rating, which is very easy to do on your whatever app you're listening to this on, that would be fantastic because that also helps us get noticed and, you know, up the charts, up the rankings, up the SEO and all that stuff. And it also means if I see a, a review, it makes me think, well, as long as, long as it's a good one, I suppose, <laughs> makes me think, well, yeah, this was all worthwhile doing. You know, here's this guy who knows nothing about running doing a running podcast. So what else are we doing? Well, we appeared at two shows, the Cornwall Running Show, which we're looking forward to again in 2023. More details on that to follow. And the first ever Bristol Running Show in November. And, you know, and I missed a few, missed a, missed a few recordings up along the way. So uh, sorry to, uh, where are we, to uh, Mel, uh, Lou Elaine, Lou Elaine and Nairn Robertson, because I did fireside chats with them at the Bristol Running Show. I mic'd them all up, mic'd me up, and then I had the bloody cable <laughs> in the recording devices in the wrong thing. So <laughs> it should have been in the input channel. I put it in the output channel, and when I got back, there was nothing there. There we go. And I think I did a similar thing when I was when I tried to do an on-the-run recording with my friend Jim Spencer when he was taking on his epic Land's End to Plymouth Challenge in the summer. And I did one of the legs with him, and we were kind of thinking we were recording a podcast episode during the during that time. Uh, it was about eight and a half miles we ran. And, uh, yeah, same thing. I didn't press the right button, so we missed that as well. But never mind. Jim's been on the podcast before, and I'm sure he will be on again. Now, talking of people who've been on the podcast... 
I'm going to rattle through the shout-outs for everybody who's been on the podcast this year. So thank you very much if you've been a guest. So Andrew Ferguson from Mud Crew got us going back in January. And then we had the roundup of the Arc of Attrition 50 with Lucy, James, Andy and Chinny. Then Rachel and Stuart Thompson talked about the hundred, Arc 100 and crewing that. Had Lloyd Purvis on from Run for Adventure. We had Dave from Bizvican Events. More on that later. And then we had Tristan Stevenson, we've had Tracy Waite, we've had Umberto from Absolute 360, Susanna Gill, who came on to talk about her amazing adventure two or three years ago when she did seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. If you haven't listened to that, episode 89. Clary Glenster came on twice. She came on to talk about the challenges that she was doing for 2023, four big challenges, and then she was back again when she finished them. We did have Jim Spencer on, talking about the Southwest Traverse Extreme which was, uh, you know, the the South was the classic quarter twice, really, <laughs> just for the hell of it. And Jacob Prothero, who next year has got a big challenge. Come on, listen to that, Jacob, on uh, episode ninety-five. We will be touching base with Jacob in the new year. So if you're listening, Jacob, getting Tom Cats in the new year, let us know how your training's going and your plans are going. That'd be great. Rob Thompson came on. Gary Dixon came on and talked about marathon pacing. And then we had Andrew Blizzard on talking about his unfortunate accident when he was training for a marathon. And actually, uh, someone was listening to that episode from a, a, a big podcast. I can't remember which one Andrew said it was now. And invited him on their podcast. So there we go. You never know who's listening to this podcast, do you? And then we had John Yelland on, finally, from Mad Hatter Sports. Only took about nine months to get John on the show, but he finally made it in episode 103. So this is episode 106. So what are those top 10 runs of this year that I've enjoyed most? So... The rules and regulations for this are quite simple. I needed to have done the race, and uh, that that's it. <laughs> and I needed to have enjoyed it, I suppose, to, it to have made the top 10. So um, I did 17 races in the end, plus park runs, and I've included park runs in my list as well. So it's been really hard, actually, not only to decide which ones make the top 10, but then which order to do them in. So I've put them in order. So here we go. So in 10th place, da 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 I've got two in 10th place, actually, and they are because they are the best names of events I've taken part in this year. Might not have been the best best runs themselves, but the best names. So the Travornik 10K, that gets a nod because if it's uh, it's Trevor Nick is the is the way it's spelled. So what I do is, it, and so I've, you know, I've got the shirt, I've got the t-shirt for it, so... I just put my finger over the nick bit, and it looks like that it's my it's my shirt, and everybody's got my my name on their shirt. So, uh, so the Travornik 10K gets in there simply because it you know it's my name that's in the title of the race. <laughs> and then the most ridiculously named race of the year is the Turkey Trot, which is part of the Cornwall Grand Prix series. It's four miles on the roads near Redruth in the summer. And it's called the Turkey Trot. And I have no idea why something in the summer is called the Turkey Trot. And it's certainly not a trot because everybody, it's four miles, everybody goes flat out. There's no sign of any turkeys, uh, you know, anywhere, anyway. <laughs> so I don't know why it's called the turkey trot, but it amuses me. So that makes the top ten. Right, now for the uh, more nine more semi-serious ones, I suppose. And in ninth place is the Cleethorpes Park Run. Now, I don't know whether any listeners to this have ever done the Cleethorpes Park Run. It's three laps, or and it's got a little, it's, it's a three-lap course, I think, round the lake in, in a park in Cleethorpes which is, uh, for those of you who have no idea where Cleethorpes is, that's kind of North Lincolnshire, effectively, on your way to the Humber Bridge, yeah, and all that stuff. So that was in August, and the reason it's made the top nine is because I did my second fastest ever park run. And by the time I'm recording this, I've done 142, so that's pretty good. So uh, 24.43, and anything under 25 for me at my uh, old age is, well, and my inability to run... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm always pleased with. So it's only 14 seconds out, my fastest ever, ever park run. Um, so it's going to be a shout out. And it was on the day of my niece's wedding. That's why I was up in the Cleethorpes area. So um, so there we go. Now, number eight is another park run. This is Bedbury, Bedbury Park Run uh, near Tunbridge Wells in Kent. And the reason that makes it is because I did this park run for the second time, actually, this year. I uh, did it in the summer. And I was in the area because it was an old college friend of mine's belated uh, 60th birthday celebrations. And he'd rounded up oh, loads of my old friends from college and his friends as well, obviously. And um, we had a fantastic weekend and we went and did the park run. And um, so I'd just like to shout out, if they're listening, to uh, Dickon, Dave, Al and Paul. Because where were you in the park run? You were all behind me. <laughs> Get in there. And 40 years ago when we were at college, I was always behind all of you. So, hey, it's only taken me 40 years to whip your ass, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> so I had great pleasure in, uh, it's interesting, when you're trying to beat your friends, you just can't afford to think, where are they? I, I know I'm in front of them, so, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I've just got to keep running, keep running, keep running. Don't look back, don't look back. Just head down, focus on finishing, and hope they're still behind you. And that's what happened. Fantastic. Right, number seven is the Lou 10. Now, the Lou 10 is traditionally the second race of the Cornish Grand Prix series, which is a calendar year series of, I think, 13 events. And it's it's called Hellish and Hillish. And that's exactly what it is. It's in February and it's just all hills and that and means it's hellish. And there's, there are, I mean, it's hard running down the hills. It's hard running up the hills. And my challenge always when I do the Lou 10 is not to walk at all, not one step. And I managed to achieve that this year, even though I was going slower up some of the hills than people walking them. Ah, oh, yeah, I know. People listening to this say, well, actually, you should walk them up because it'll use less energy and all that. But that's not the challenge, is it, really? You know, you've got to run up all those hills. So that made that. Oh, my, oh, my son, he was uh, he was here at the time and he uh, joined a running club for a few months while he was here. And he was in that race as well. And uh, I'm pretty sure he finished in front of me. I'd have to check. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He must have done. He must have done. <laughs> anyway, I was a minute and a half quicker than the previous time I'd done that, which I think was in 2020. It was one of the last events before lockdown. So, uh, yeah, very pleased with that. Right. Number six was my marathon for the year, which was the Loch Ness Marathon. And uh, this was in October. And any of you who have listened to the episode will know that I found it really tough. And uh, I was disappointed with my time in the end, and I was disappointed with the last six or seven miles and all that stuff. But nevertheless, it was a marathon. It was my fifth marathon ever, and I've now done more marathons since I had that landmark birthday last uh, year or so, whenever that was, than I did before that. So, I, you know, hey-ho, I finished, you know, and I got the T-shirt, and it was a great T-shirt. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I did have a great weekend up there. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, um, there we go. So it makes it into sixth place, and, yeah, it's a, it's a good marathon if you want to go and do it then do it but you know as I said in the episode I found it really hard with hardly anybody on the course to bounce off and I did a recording and I managed to record for five hours and nine minutes or however long it took me to do it <laughs> took, me about, took me about five weeks to edit it down to uh, an episode but there we go so yeah uh, on reflection I had a good time um, but yeah I think I think it was going on my own and all that stuff you know you've got to go as a little gang haven't you really to really make the most of these things so anyway great race right number five the Smuggler's Scuttle. Now, this is the first time I've done this, organised by Dave and Sal, Bisviken Events, and more about Bisviken Events at the end of the podcast. But this was in June, and it was kind of one of those fun races that was really tough. <laughs> yeah. 
So it started at Land's End, and you'll all know where Land's End is, I'm sure. Wherever you're listening to this podcast in the world, you'll all know where Land's End is. And it kind of went seven miles uh, up the North Coast path. Uh, and then you got to a point where you had to go up to an obelisk or whatever it was, or a monument, I can't remember what they call it now. You had to work your way up. And there at the top was a couple of pirates, and you had to pick up a small bottle of uh, rum or whatever it was. I think it was rum. I don't know whether it's real rum. I've not actually, I don't drink because I've not actually tried it. Um, some uh, some coins, some gold coins, some booty, and uh, and some and a tea bag. I think because apparently back in the day, tea bags were highly sought after and and smuggled regularly. You know, so uh, I'm sure that. And then you had to bring it all back. And there were a couple of um, pointless hills. Now, if you've not done a Bizviking event, and I'll talk about another one in a minute or two, then you will know about pointless hills. So there were a couple of pointless hills where you go off to the left or off to the right, and then you go up and come back and rejoin the course. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and we did those uh, both ways as well. But it was terrific fun. And um, yeah, hard work. Took me three hours, 36 minutes, 14 miles. Really tough going. But uh, yeah, great fun atmosphere. Right, top four. Now, in fourth place is a run that was in my top six in 2019. It didn't happen in 2020 because of COVID and I didn't do it in 2021. But it is the Bude Pirate Run, which I did again this year in 2022. Now, it's uh, part of the Cornwall Multi-Terrain Series. It's obviously in Bude. It starts and finishes, you know, in the middle of Bude. And it is terrific because you feel as though you're on the coast path going out and back, but you're not on the same route. So it, it's great. It's all, it's like, well, it's virtually all off-road except the little bit at the start and the little bit at the finish when you come back into, into Bude itself. And, the, you know, it's just an amazing, you know, you climb, you know, up the coastal path. You've got fantastic views of the ocean, or basically all the way through the run, largely. I mean, it's just a fantastic race. And it's seven, seven and eight miles. I think it's, I can't remember exactly. It's between seven and eight miles. So it's a good challenging distance. So if you're looking for a great off-road run in 2023, then the, and you're in Cornwall, then, or you're coming to Cornwall, then the Bude Pirate Run is one to go for, without a doubt. So that's a great one. Right, my top three. Now, the third one is quite a quirky one, because I actually did this run uh, as part of a massive group, but I ran it on my own, because it was part of the Endurance Life National Trails Relay. And this was held on those days when it was the double, double bank holiday. You remember that? Beginning of June, I think it was. And uh, the challenge was they were trying to beat the record for the Southwest Coastal Path as a relay. And it's about 620 miles and there were 64 legs. And you could go online and choose your leg. And the one I chose was from Helford uh, down to Porthowstock. And it's kind of, I lived in that area when, when the kids were young and all that stuff. So I was relatively familiar with the, with the, with the route and I, we were asked to recce it twice. So I did that. And there was a bit of a diversion on my route as well. And then uh, there was a, you were sent a list of when you were expected to start and, you, and, uh, and all this stuff. And it was all done with trackers and you had to have a baton. Now, my leg was uh, once, on, once on the south side of the river and the previous leg finished on the north side of the river, the river Fowl. So, you know, <laughs> you weren't expecting, or the previous runner wasn't expected to swim across. So, I mean, I had my own baton and tracker, which I then set off when it was my turn to go. And he just sent me a message to say, you know, go. So that was what you had to do. And it was really well organized. And um, there was updates all the time. And I remember my leg was due to start at 5.45 a.m. So it was always going to take me about 45 minutes to get there from where I live. And you had to be there half an or 20 minutes to half an hour before 
So I went to bed that night and I could see that we, you know, the whole event was a couple of hours behind. But, you know, I set my alarm for something ridiculous like 3 a.m. in the morning just to check in and see whether that was still the case. Because, you know, if they if someone had caught up, someone had done, you know, t- two, two or three fast legs in the night, suddenly, you know, could be ahead and I'd have to get there before, ready to go before even, you know, 5.45. Anyway, long and short of it is that eventually we went off, at, I went off at 8.20. So it was it was great. But I was down there. You know, quite early, not at 5.45, but quite early. And it was just an amazing place to be on the the head of the Helford River where the ferry goes over, if you know that bit. And just watching, uh, watching the, uh, you know, the tracker for the, for the, you know, the the guy running the leg before me and then go. And um, I was given one hour, 45 minutes as a time for my leg, effectively. And that's what they, because they based all the legs on certain times. And mine was 8.7 miles, I think. So I just ran as fast as I could. (laughs) Um, and I beat it by four minutes so I was really pleased that I came in four minutes ahead and then I got the baton out handed it over to the guy in the car park you had to take a photo with him to prove you got there post it to the whatsapp group and away he went and then uh, then I had to run back (laughs) so that was quite interesting because uh, I ran back quite a bit slower as you can imagine as then I ran there but it meant I got a 17 mile running which was great so that was number three now number two is a new run this year that's hoping to be part of the Cornwall Multi-Terrain Race Series next year. And that is the Rose Mullion 10K. And it took place at the end of October. It started and finished in the village of Morland Smith down on the south coast of Cornwall. And, you know, to me, a multi-terrain race, I'm always disappointed if I do a multi-terrain race and there's like 50% tarmac or even more sometimes. And you think, okay, well, I get it. It's multi-terrain because, you know, tarmac is, is a multi, you know, multi-terrain is the same way, you know, trail is and sand is, whatever it is. Um, but this was, this was completely with it, again, with the exception of the start and the finish bit, you know, off-road. And it was great. And it was through fields and on the coastal path and through woods. And uh, the weather was multi-terrain as well. <laughs> One minute it was raining, the next it was glorious sunshine. It was a terrific event. You know, really, really enjoyed it. And, and um, I think it's going to go forward. It was a test event. So I think it's going to go forward as a Falmouth Roadrunner has organised it as a series uh, for 2023, I think. Um, so that was that was fantastic. So that was my second favourite. So what about my favourite? Well, it was the last race I did this year in the end because I, you know, about I missed the St. Piran's Revenge. So it was the last race I did. And I did this in 2021 and it came second in the top 10 list. And in fact, looking back at the top 10 list of 2021, this is the only one that made the uh, made the cut, mainly because uh, bizarrely, I didn't do any of the others again. <laughs> So it was in second place last year because last year, of course, the classic quarter, my ultra marathon, had to be number one, didn't it? But the Ford San Miguel is this year's gold winner, gold medal winner, top of the podium for my favourite race that I did in 2022. Now, for those of you who don't know about the Ford San Miguel, it's a coast-to-coast run, but you don't have to run like 100 miles to complete it. It's about, well, it's just over 11 miles, I think. I, uh, I actually took a wrong turn in and uh, went, down, went. I should have gone right coming out of a field. I went left and the three people behind me all followed me. And then eventually the guy who was like fourth in that little chain said, no one's following me. <laughs> so we uh, we decided that, yeah, I had 
far gone wrong. I don't know why I thought it was left. In my head, I thought I'd seen runners ahead of me go left, but they obviously didn't. So there you go. Never follow me anywhere. Um, it cost us an extra 0.4 of a mile, but uh, yeah, but I still was 10 minutes quicker than 2021. So I was happy with that. I don't know why, how that happened. But anyway, there we go. But why is it the number one race? Well, it starts on a beach and it finishes on a beach. Um, and it goes from the north coast of Cornwall, starting at Dynamite Key. And it's called Dynamite Key because that's exactly what they used to build there. They used to make dynamite. You know, there was a dynamite factory there right down on the on the beach, literally. And then it goes over to Marazine, St. Michael's Mount, where you can see St. Michael's Mount, you know, off the beach there. And the, the first, so the first bit's along the beach and you're going quite, you know, I don't know, three, four hundred yards along the beach, maybe a bit more. And then there's a big climb off the beach and then you work your way somewhere down towards Carbis Bay, go through the G7 Hotel and all that stuff. And then you go cross country over to the other side, cross a couple of main roads, and then you come out in Marazion. And just to make it more interesting, the last sort of three quarters of a mile or whatever is along the beach at Marazion and the tide was almost in. So you were running largely on the seaweed or the shingle or whatever it was. So it's a really tough finish. And then Dave and Sally were the organisers. Dave always likes to put in a pointless hill. And he did exactly that as well. So he went up this, I think it was in Ludgevin, I can't remember. It was in one of the villages, two or three miles from the end, a couple of miles from the end probably. And you literally got to the, the point where the marshal was and you, then he sent you down this hill, long hill. And of course you then had to come back up it. And then you got back to the marshal and you carried on on the route. So, um, yeah, yeah, Bisvikan events, Pointless Hill. Now, I'd like to give a big shout out to Dave and Sal, actually, at this point, because they organised that and they did the Smuggler's Scuttle. And they've done loads and loads of other runs over the last seven or eight years. And I've only really latched onto them in the last year or two. But they put their heart and soul into these runs and uh, they've done a fantastic job. But it is time to, for them to give it up and move on. And they're going to do other things they're going to do a. They're, they're, they're driving a food bank for pets in the Penzance area as well, which is a great idea. But Martin and Sarah from Withria, I don't know whether I've pronounced that or right. They're Withria runners. They do guided tours. They're picking up the baton, and they'll. I'm sure I'll talk to Martin about it, and they are going to be, you know, keeping some of the Bizvikan events going in 2023. Now, Dave and Sal's last event. It's Cousin Jack. I've got a feeling it might have sold out, but it is a brutal run. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, well, you if you do the one one leg version, it's 18 miles. You can do there and back if you're really crazy. Um, but it's from St. Just to St. Ives, and it's 18 miles, and it is it is brutal. And I did it in 2020. That was pretty much the very last run before lockdown because it's the beginning of March. And uh, I said, never again. <laughs> I fell over about seven times. I kept disappearing up to my up to my waist once. We, uh, well, at least once. Yeah, I exaggerate that. Well, loads of times. <laughs> but I'm back. I'm back and I'm going to do it again because it is Bizvikan's last event. And it will be on the Arc of Attrition course, of which is my big grand plan for 2024, which is January 2024. So, crikey, it's getting closer and closer as well. So looking forward to that. Uh, if you've not done it before, check it out. Um, I don't know whether it's full. I haven't checked. It might be. If not, get yourself. There might be a waiting list or put yourself out there and say if anybody, you know, because people do drop out these things, don't they? You know, so it's a great event to do. So there we go. There is my top 10 for 2022. It's been another terrific year of running. Um, really enjoyed being part of it. And a big thank you to the running community, you know, because <laughs> with this podcast, my... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> my status in the running community uh, is 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 more elevated than it should be. <laughs> and uh, oh no, I mustn't forget to say thank you very much to everybody who's bought a copy of the book this year as well. The book that I wrote, uh, a business book on the back of the Classic Quarter, twelve business lessons from running an ultra marathon. Now all the royalties, ha oh, royalties, that's a great word, isn't it? Go to the Children's Hospice Southwest. So if you buy it on Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk for twelve ninety nine, uh, I get a just about a fiver in royalties, and that goes to them. And it, but if you want buy a copy of me direct, um, they are where are they? They're nine pounds, and that includes postage and a contribution towards the printing. So it's cheaper than Amazon. And if you want me to inscribe it, then uh, I'll do that as well. So that's. <laughs> Again, that's always a, always real, uh, you know, way out of my uh, comfort zone. When so when I was at the running show, he was, oh yeah, I'd like you to inscribe a driver. Okay, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> anyway, there we go. We've had a lot of fun this year. So um, now to finish this podcast, I've got a little challenge for everybody, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but I've got a little challenge for everybody in 2023. So one of the things I I notice often when I'm out running and. I found it hard uh, since the classic quarter, which was now was 18 months ago. I must admit, I found it hard to go out and do long training runs on my own, you know, because I had a big motivation goal. And I'm, I'm hoping that will come back, you know, with my motivation to do the Art 50, to get out there and do the long runs on my own. So I've largely been running in races or in club nights or in groups or whatever it is, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I've done some. One of the things I, I, I always try and do if I'm out running on my own is if I meet somebody, whether I'm running around the you know the National Trust properties or on the roads or the back lanes or wherever it might be, if I meet someone out walking or even running, you know, but a lot of people out walking, maybe walking their dog and maybe on their own, I always say hello or good morning or what a great day, you know, because <laughs> it's it's it feels good for me because it gives me something to say and somebody to talk to. And um, if they, you know, it might, and who knows, it might bring a smile to their face and it might, you know, bring them back. And that's why I think, you know, going back to the Loch Ness, because usually I do that all the way along the course, talk to people on the, you know, watching um, and they weren't there, you know. <laughs> so I found that really hard not to have anybody to talk to. So um, so why not? I've, I want to start a campaign called Simply Say Hello. So if you're out running in 2023 and you see some, you come towards somebody or you go past them, just simply say hello or good morning or what a lovely day it is. Now, they may completely ignore you. They may respond and say, oh, well done, keep going or something like that. And for some people, you know, that might be a, even that minute conversation might be a really, you know, part of their day because they, you know, who knows whether they're going to speak to anybody else during that day. So, you know, if people are out there, you know, sometimes, especially elderly people, I'm not making this ageist or anything, but sometimes you just get a feeling that they're out there with their dog and, you know, there might not be anybody else that they're going to going to chat to the rest of the day, maybe. Who knows? But why not? Just go out there and say hello. Right, there we go. That's it. I'll mention it in the other podcast next year. So I'm now going to say goodbye because <laughs> it's the end of the podcast. It's the end of the 2022 year. So thank you very much for listening. If you leave a review, that would be amazing. And if you'd like to come on the podcast in 2023 and talk about your running adventures. And one of the things I'm doing with this and with my business podcast as well is I'm trying to get new people onto a podcast who've never been on a podcast before. So it's very easy to do. We record a lot. We record almost all on Zoom. So, you know, it's dead easy to do. But tell me about your event. Tell me about your challenge in 2023. Drop me an email, podcast trevelymedia.co.uk and I'll contact you and we'll see about getting you on this show. Right, thanks for listening. 
Have a great Christmas or whatever you're doing between now and have a great running year in 2023. I'll see you then.